We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gets it, spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. Yeet! What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Incontested Post Game Podcast Edition. I am your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson. You can find me on social medias at Taylor underscore P15. What a fun Fun one we had to break down for you tonight. Uh, we are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. You can find us on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, obviously Twitter, at the underscore uncontested. Uh, TikTok, I say this every single time, I promise, once uh, life slows down just a bit for me, we will be active again on TikTok, so be sure to go and subscribe there. And the YouTube channel, uh, we're really excited about putting a lot of work into, so be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and catch all of our live streams just like this one, after a super fun and exciting game. Uh, so be sure to go subscribe to us at YouTube as well. But like I mentioned, the fun and exciting game, the Thunder beat the Brooklyn Nets 121-107. They, let's see, when there, I have this in my notes, uh, they're 6-1 and one in their last seven games now after this one. An extremely fun, important, and exciting game. And I am joined by no other than one of my very good friends, one of my very best friends, Jacob Niffen, who was there live in person. So we have some really good perspective. What's up? One. I see the degenerates already in the chat. Appreciate I mean, that. Look, it, I apologize to the uh, degenerates. We're going a little later tonight after uh, Jacob mentioned this on Sunday's show, but your boy and his family is moving. Uh, very exciting time for us uh, and much, much needed. <laughs> but we're moving to the Norman area, um, which will be very helpful for, for us with my wife's job and, uh, child care, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's exciting, but a lot of work. So after the game I actually was uh, doing some, some final touch-ups and things, getting some things ready for, for closing. If you look at my hand, it's uh, covered in paint. So handyman right that, here. That's what you call Taylor it. Peterson. <laughs> we know what you were doing after that J-Dub game. It was, it was actually uh, my excitement for J-Dub. That, that, that is correct. Let me go wash that off. Taylor. <laughs> it's unsanitary. Here, here's the issue. I, I tried and, and here we are. It's just, it's permanent. It's glue, uh, just like J-Dub and his incredible game. A lot of fun things to break down this one, Jacob, but maybe just, uh, again, you were there live in person. Uh, li- uh, 
there with your father and uh, you guys got to experience the excitement. Hayden, my little brother, was also there with his fiance and mentioned it being just a really fun atmosphere. So maybe just touch on that really quick before we get into some big themes, uh, a quick breakdown, and then dive a little deeper into just some really, uh, I think, promising things for this for, from this game. Yeah, I think um, last two home games versus Golden State versus Brooklyn, um, Tuesday night games, middle of the work week, two of the best attended games of the season, two of the best performances of the season. Um, they've been awesome. And I think finally average Oklahoma city residents and Oklahoma city Metro residents are getting back on the train and showing up and showing out that atmosphere tonight was awesome. Um, people were booing the referees, uh, people were chanting MVP to, to Shea Gilgis Alexander. It was good experience, really good experience. That's extremely It got me exciting. thinking tonight. Tonight was the first night I really let my my head go there, Taylor. That place is going to be lit for the playing game that's coming up here in about a month. That they will host. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But that They is might not even have to go through the play-in. They just might have I mean, a spot. Yeah, home court advantage, fourth seed. Uh, <laughs> kidding, kidding. Let's not get too carried away. But uh, in all seriousness, that is extremely exciting to hear. And again, Jacob is the second person to tell me that from tonight's game. So um, just something to keep in mind, Thunder fans, and let's go out and support this team because this is a really fun time to be a Thunder fan. Um, I, really, all there is to say. Jumping into my big takeaways or just a brief overview of my big takeaways before we get into them deeper later in the podcast. First one, easy. Shea's a superstar. You saw him stretching over there. We'll, we'll get into it. Um, he was grimacing a little bit. Like, he's not even 100%. And this guy is just dominating basketball games against a really good team. Uh, Dub continues to shine before our eyes. It's a pretty easy, straightforward one as well. Giddy can coexist with Shea, but not just Shea. Side note. <laughs> Dub and somebody like Dort can step up, and Giddy can still have his full impact, his full imprint on a game. Um, this is one of my favorite Giddy games of the season, Jacob. Just full disclaimer. The perfect Dort, again, perfect is a little strong there, but I thought Dort had a, a really great game and showed how he can fit. You know, we've been really hard on him recently, and rightfully so. I stand by that. But he showed us tonight why he can play alongside some of those guys. And then uh, an old one that we're bringing back up here, Goonies never say die, the Thunder ne never say die. After a tough first half, the Thunder responded really, really well. So let's go ahead, get to the game-by-game -game breakdown. Uh, we won't spend as much time on this since we have two of us because I think it's, it's more fun to jump into some of the big themes. Just some quick pregame notes, only two of them. Uh, Shea, Dub, Giddy, Dort, Jay will start. Thunder and the Nets were both 5-1, and one. they're actually three. <laughs> Thunder and the Nets were both 5-1 in their last six. And then the Thunder were tied for ninth in the West with the Lakers and the Pelicans, both who played each other tonight. This was heading into tonight's game, obviously. Um, they both played each other tonight, and now we know the Lakers won that game. So a little more on that later. But jumping into the first quarter, Thunder got out to a super quick 5-0 lead. Uh, there was a J-Dub 3. Was it a Josh Giddy dunk there, Jacob? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Giddy dunk, J-Will 3. Jay, oh, sorry. I, I said because as he splashed it in, and we got a huge boom, Bang. which was love awesome. It. Love it, love it, love it. Quick 5 0 run forces an early Nets timeout. That was kind of surprising. 
Jackie Vaughn. Um, the Nets responded big after that timeout. So obviously it worked. They go up 18 to 12, or sorry, they have an 18 to 12 run uh, before the Thunder and Mark Dignall uh, inevitably call a timeout with about 530 left in the quarter. Obviously there's some in between, but it was a lot of just the Nets dominating. I thought Shea had a rough start. He had two, four shots, then turned it over. And again, he was grimacing a little bit. I was a little nervous there with Shea there, Jacob. Um, I thought Dort was forcing as well. I thought that would continue into the second quarter, but ultimately, like we'll talk about, Dort ended up having a fantastic game and just maybe a season-defining response from Lou Dort tonight. Uh, Dub got burned as a lead guard without Shea or Giddy with the second unit. I thought that was significant because that shows how much, A, the coaching staff trusts J-Dub, and B, how versatile he is because he went from running the second unit as a point guard to playing center later in the game. And then finally, I have the Thunder cut to seven right before the end of the quarter, led by Shea coming back in with like, you know, a minute something left, um, as well as J-Dub. But Curry hits a three to extend the lead back to 10. Jacob, any big thoughts there in the first quarter that you noticed that I, I maybe missed? Not really. Net started slow, um, but absolutely killed OKC in uh, th- really two spots. It was driving kicks and offensive rebounds. Um the Nets did a really good job of getting into the paint and then spraying out to shooters uh, as the Thunder had to over-rotate on the weak side. Led to a lot of corner threes that you just don't want to give guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, um, Mikhail Bridges, and Cam Johnson corner threes, and they were getting a lot of those. I felt like that that overhelp kind of came from the Thunder playing over the top of screens, which they kind of needed to tonight. And then Jay Will just dropping too deep in coverage and not hedging, uh, which kind of put OKC in a pickle, forced weak side to, to rotate over. They really cleaned that up in the second half, though, I thought. Agreed. Uh, so, so second quarter, like you mentioned, kind of a lot of the same. Thunder going a big run, though, and cuts the next lead to three out of the break. Uh, this is kind of led by a more aggressive giddy. Maybe more aggressive is the wrong term there. He maybe was just a little more effective in the second quarter. I I, I love the aggression that we've seen from Giddy. We'll get into that. Uh, is capped off by a Joe still and floater. The Nets for Swan keep it like 10-point reach. Just feel like it was like that way the whole entire first half. But Shea was showing signs of pain. Like I mentioned, I saw a lot of tweets. Obviously noticed it in the game. I watching the game as well. Um, him doing some of that stretching, right? Trying to stretch out that abdomen. Uh, Did you hear you watching um, the live stream can can screenshot Taylor doing his Shea stretch impressions? Did you hear Mark's comments post game? I no, I have not. Uh, he said that because somebody asked him about that, and, and he said that it wasn't something he was super concerned about because if it was related to the injury that they're currently managing, uh, that Danny Strack, the head uh, athletic trainer, the head team doctor. Uh, would have come and got in Mark's ear and said, hey, be on the lookout for this. Maybe pull him out a little bit earlier. Uh, And Danny had no worries. And so uh, he doesn't know if it's related, but he's not very worried at all. Great news. Great news. And also a great transition, Jacob, because my next bullet point here, Shea starts to heat up right before the half, regardless of that, capped by a dub shot at the buzzer, custody back to 10. Uh, Just a quick note here, first half, only four points from OKC's bench that half. Uh, they've been one of the best benches in the league. And so that 
obviously has to change heading into halftime or into the second half. I thought Lou, especially if he's not going to be able to score, they needed somebody to step up like a Joe, a Lindy, a Williams, and Oose, like we've seen in recent games. Turns out it was Lou Dort. <laughs> yeah, Isaiah Joe and uh, Lindy Waters did not have good games um, as far as shooting the ball, at least. Uh, neither of them really got going at all. Uh, I thought they both did some decent things defensively. Uh, and last thing of that second quarter, so we can get moving on in the second half. Thunder got down 16. And then in about 90 seconds, rattled off a 6-0 run to end the half, uh, culminating with a Josh Giddy missed layup and a J-Dub crazy tap-in uh, at the buzzer. I thought that 6-0 burst going into halftime was a huge momentum builder uh, that they were able to use as a launching point for the second half. I think that is perfect. Um, and speaking of Lindy, he ends up starting the second half. Jacob, I, I, again, like, I mean, going through bullet points, then asking your opinion, but Lindy starts the second half. You're sitting there in the arena. Uh, you actually text me. One thing we didn't mention uh, there in the first half, I thought Lou, or sorry, Oos played fairly well on both ends of the floor when he came in in the first quarter. You text me before the broadcast even showed it. Uh, Usman was subbed out and then like quickly subbed back in a little after. It was kind of a weird deal. Regardless, Lindy starts the second half. I'm curious. Uh, you didn't text me for that one. I'm kind of curious your your live thoughts. You're sitting there in the arena with your dad. Lindy comes out, starts the second half. What are you thinking? Um, I didn't know if it was going to be Lindy, but I thought they'd go away from J. Will, which they did. Um, I kind of understand it. Uh, I thought Lindy did do some nice stuff defensively, really got his nose in there and um, just mucked stuff up a little bit. Uh, I, If you would have made me guess at halftime, I probably would have guessed Isaiah Joe would have been the fifth starter coming out of half, and they would have went small. I think they like Lindy because he's got a little more size to him, uh, especially for the defensive end. So uh, surprised it was Lindy, not surprised that they went away from Jay Will, at least at the start of the half. I think that's completely fair. Well, Lenny starts the second half. Lou catches absolute fire. That is an understatement. Uh, but three the big corner thing threes there, in a row, I think. Three corner threes in a row. And the big thing is he was shooting catch and shoot corner threes. Is that that's what I have listed here, Jacob? Like mm-hmm. again, maybe I wouldn't have noticed this as much um, if he wouldn't have been making those. But I still stand by. And we'll get into this when we talk about Lou. Regardless, I think he adjusted very well. Um, in, the, in the second half, and then those shots start to fall. And it's just the perfect recipe. Uh, like you said, had three straight threes out of the half to get up to 18 points. He had 12 points on four or five shooting in the first six minutes of the third quarter. Uh, Dub, I mentioned this earlier, plays center in a lineup, and he thrived. I just, I, I love it. I love it. I can't imagine, Chet. Uh, again, another disclaimer there. Thunder went on a big 10-2 to two run, uh, around like the four-minute mark there. Lou hits another three. It's his fifth to put the Thunder up for the first time in a long time. Jada bodies his way in the lane, gets a board off his own. Sorry. So this is uh, towards the end of the third quarter. I thought this was a incredible uh, Jada sequence here. He gets, uh, he gets into the lane, misses a layup, gets his own rebound around two Brooklyn Nets defenders, battles through them puts it right back up then the next offensive possession drives baseline finds isaiah joe for a wide open three just incredible vision and i just felt like we saw that versatility from j-dub all night long uh that was the back-to-back sequence that just really stood out to me 
Okay, see, trailed just a, a note here. I think you kind of mentioned this, Jacob. Trailed by 16 uh, at 123 in the second quarter. They end up outscoring Brooklyn 38 to 20 in the third. That third quarter felt pivotal, and I love the launching point that you used there here a little bit ago. Definitely. If you factor in that six point run at the end of the half, uh, you're looking at a 44 to 20 run uh, throughout the entire third quarter. Just a different brand of basketball. They they made adjustments. They put their foot to the to the pedal, um, smashed it to the ground, and didn't look back. So fourth quarter is way less detailed. My my notes here, Jacob. My bullet points here. Giddy takes over the reins. Shane comes back in with eight ish to go. Giddy hits the fourth. Uh, gets his fourth triple double. Shane gets his 38th 30 point game. That is tied for the second most behind Luca. Honestly, I'm not even sure. I haven't even had time to look up who he's tied with. Um, assuming Giannis or somebody of that nature, but regardless, pretty incredible stat. Uh, Giddy hits a dagger three from Shea, and both Giddy and Mark are fired up, and then Shea comes over and daps everybody up, and Dort's pumping everybody up. I'm pumped up in my living room. Just an incredible play there. Uh, and then Dub was just awesome. Like yeah. I'm just irrationally excited about J Dub, and that was just encapsulated by an incredible fourth quarter from him. So those were my extremely vague notes there in the fourth quarter. Not sure if you have any specific notes to add add to the fourth where we jump into some uh, the the meat and potatoes of the game. Uh, nothing really to add in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was just a uh, they got the lead, they kept their foot on the gas, and never looked back. Played great defense. Um, Dub was incredible. He he McHale'd McHale uh, on that poke poke away strip and then the end one at the other end. Um, simply put, you're just you're watching this team grow up and put it together right in front of you right now. The league, national media are taking notice of it. Um like they are they're gonna make the plan. Like They've been on the fence. We've been keep asking, like, when it when when are they going to go a direction? They've gone a direction. They've gone a direction, and it's to the play-in or the playoffs. Yeah, they're just all the cute bullshit is over. They're just a good basketball team. Agreed. And you think about what they're doing. They're starting two rookies, a second-year guy, and then a fourth and a fifth-year guy. You know, I mean. And their number two overall pick in the 2022 draft. We sound Hasn't like a broken record, but he has not played yet. Your number 11 pick is finally healthy and putting stuff together. And you got 17 first round picks over the next seven years to do whatever the hell you want with. Tonight, was, tonight, tonight to me was just like an encapsulation of this is an arrival. Presti preached about an arrival. This is an arrival. They are declaring themselves in the moment. They have arrived. This is what it is. And it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Awesome. Extremely exciting. Kind of, and the big takeaways all kind of, I think, funnel into that. Um, The first one I have here, Jacob, is just the most obvious. Shea is a superstar. Um, And it's so exciting to see, like, some of these other guys that we're going to talk about how they're still able to thrive alongside him. Uh, Shea can still have a 35-point game, seven rebound games, four assist game, 50% shooting, 
I'm not talking about uh, field goal efficiency. I'm talking about 12-24 from the floor, 101 from three, and something that you and I have talked so much about, Jacob, all of us here on the Uncontested, over the past like two, three seasons, Shea's next big jump into superstar, or like the, that, that the next big thing he needed to work on uh, that would kind of vault him into superstardom was the free throw attempts. And uh, we've seen him just dominate. <laughs> dominate at the free throw line this season 10 and 12 from the four and to be completely honest with you i mean again you saw it live i thought he could have had way more than that so again um these guys are still able to do what they were able to do around side shape but just shay's night in general extremely exciting i'm curious your thoughts on shay gills alexander i thought he, he struggled to start the game he definitely did it was it was rough to start the game he was missing shots missing layups um, I tweeted, I felt like it was the worst Shea quarter I've seen in a really, really, really long time. Uh, and then he ends up 12 of 24 for 35 points. Um, 10 and 12 from the free throw line. Yeah. One of one from three, seven rebounds, four assists, a steal. Uh, and that's what superstars do. You know, I mean, it's, and then they have two more back to backs. So he'll probably miss two more games. Besides that, I mean, it's it makes you wonder, like, what's the next step for next year? Is it like more threes and a better efficiency from there? Like, what does it look like? Because you've got to assume the trajectory is still going up. And if that's the case, that's scary because he's freaking good. Agreed. And again, I don't mean to like continue to jump into other players and other things that we have for tonight, but just in the grand scheme of everything. <laughs> Um, maybe the next step, like the next step for me is I'm thinking about incorporating Chet. How does Shea play alongside a player like Chet? Well, um, the big three of Giddy, Shea, Dub had incredible games that still allowed for a player like Lou Dort to have 24 points, nine rebounds, nine of 16 from the four, six of 11 from three. I just imagine that being Chet next season. And you can see where this is almost a regular occurrence. And if that's the case, I mean, that's a, obviously yeah. in a completely different way than Lou scored his points. But anyways, all that being said, uh, the way that Shea's still able to get his other teammates uh, the, the opportunities while he's still taking over the game like he was able to do, which is really exciting for me. Totally agree. Totally agree. So maybe, uh, again, I'm jumping. I'm not going in order here of my big themes, but maybe a good transition here to Lou Dort. Like I mentioned, 24 points, 9 rebounds, 1 of 6, 9 of 16 from the floor, uh, 6 of 11 from the three-point line. But the biggest thing was I thought he adapted for maybe the first time in a long time, uh, especially in the second quarter, the kind of shots that he was taking, uh, catch-and-shoot threes, especially from the from the, the corner. He wasn't trying to do too much. Um, he that, that caused him to get a little more spark and be a little more engaged defensively. Because of working nets, players like Mikel Bridges, who he was guarding, he wasn't quite as engaged defensively in the first half. I don't know. I'm just uh, kind of scheming here. <laughs> but I thought that that Lou Dort's offense kind of sparked his defense there in the, in the second half. And this was kind of the epitome of the perfect Lou Dort that we want to see moving forward. I'm curious your thoughts on Lou Dort and, and how he played in the second half. It was the Lou Dort FU game. Signed, Lou, directed to me. <laughs> I mean, all of us have 
rightfully like criticized Dort. He's been not good offensively for a long stretch. Eventually, you get a progression to the mean, and that's exactly what happened tonight. Um, when he is taking those types of shots, that's what you like to see. Uh, catching the ball on cuts, shooting pull-up threes. No, no, sorry, not pull-up threes, but catch-and-shoot threes, especially from the corner. That's what you want to see from Lou. I thought he played the correct role tonight. Um, 16 field goal attempts, still a little high for my taste. I would rather see more of those go to dub. But I thought this was a great game for Lou. I don't know what his home versus away splits look like, Taylor. I feel like they're pretty stark. Um, I'd have to look them up. I feel like like they're they're quite a bit better at home. 100%. (laughs) Um, While while you're talking about the next point, I'll actually try to look that up. But um, now the question is, no doubt about it, Lou had an incredible game and his fingerprints are all over this win. This is what they need from him. Primarily the second half. I want to continue to emphasize that. Yes. Because I thought the first half was a lot of the same. Totally agreed. A lot of the same as like the uh, post-All-Star break that we Uh talked a lot about here. Um, Now the question becomes, is this a turning point or is this a flash in the pan? And you hope it's a turning point, Uh, but we'll see. Agree with that completely. Um, If Lou Dort comes out (laughs) heat-checking... Uh, what what would that be today's Tuesday? So Thursday's game? Uh, yeah, that would be pretty disappointing because, th- again, this was the perfect blue door. This is what we've been asking for. Even if he's not hitting these kind of shots come Thursday night, for example, I still would be very pleased to see him kind of adapting. And maybe we we see that, right, as we get you know further and further along here in the season and into next season when guys like Chet and another draft pick join this roster. Anyways, continuing on. My next one here is J-Dub. I mean, he just continues to shine before our very eyes. And just, it is so, it, you try to be as rational as you can when you're evaluating these players, especially rookie players. Because obviously we were excited about Trey Mann. We were excited about JRE. They've had, they've struggled more in the second season. To be clear, we aren't going to overreact on the other side of that and say that they're bust or whatever the case may be. But we try to kind of, um, cool expectations i think in a sense with some of these rookie players but jw continues to make that very very hard to do and i think it's time that we just completely celebrate what he's doing 23 points tonight 10 rebounds three assists eight of 10 from the floor jacob you mentioned some of those shot attempts ludort had 16 shot attempts granted he was 9 of 16 doubling had 10 and he was 8 of 10 from the floor one of two from three and Again, we talked about the free throw thing for Shea, kind of that being his next step in superstardom. Tonight, J-Dub, 6-6 six six from the free throw line. He played the same amount of minutes, uh, tied for the most minutes with SGA and Giddy. I mentioned him playing point guard all the way to playing small ball five. This guy does it all. He's thriving in this environment, and he's growing game by game. We are seeing a star kind of ascend before our very eyes. Uh, I don't think that's an overreaction. I'm curious your thoughts on Dub's game tonight. What do you say? I mean, the dude's a killer. It, I think it's too late for rookie of the year. I think the stuff Paulo did in the first half of the season, um, kind of outweigh, like gave him too much of a head start. But my God, like, 
the dude is like, I got some stats. This I'm is trying to for, remember when I texted you. This is um, for the season. Okay. Not post all-star. We can look up post all-star if you want. Nine, 9 14 PM. I texted you, dude, J dub. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said special <laughs> for the season. J dub is shooting 10 percentage points better uh, from the field than Paulo. Then Ben Matherin, uh, then Jaden Ivy. Uh, it's 12 percentage points better than Jabari Smith Jr. It is eight percentage points better than Keegan Murray. Um, the only person in the top, there's two guys, three guys in the top 15 that have a better field goal percentage for rookies. They're uh, all bigs. Then J Dub. And it's Jalen Durlin, Jalen Duran, Walker Kessler, and Mark Williams. Um, they shoot a combined um, zero three-point attempts. Yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. When you look at three-point percentage, uh, on the season, J-Dub's at 35. Uh, Paulo's only at 28. Um, J Dub's also four percentage points better than Paulo from the free throw line. So probably too late for an all-star push or all-star uh uh rookie of the year push. Um when we look at post all-star break, um the splits are even more ridiculous. J Dub and Paulo are scoring uh the exact same 20.8 versus 20.9. Uh but J Dub's doing around three less shots per game. He's 13 percentage points better from the field. 
He is 16 and a half percentage points better from three. Uh, he is 11 percentage points better from the free throw line. He's averaging one more assist, one less rebound, um, one and a half more steals. Orlando fans got upsetty spaghetti on twitter.com because J Dub was getting all this love. Now, what about our Polo? Polo's good, dude. You took him number one. We're talking about the guy that went 12. Yep. And is like stupid efficient and has a seven goddamn three wingspan. Continue to improve defensively. I mean, dude, he's, a, just... he's a menace. He's a menace to society. Man, some of he those drives dumb. that he had and then some of the finishes. He, he has learned. I tweeted this tonight, Taylor. He's just like Josh Giddy. He has learned how to use his body. He's bullying dudes down there. Like they put a guard on him. He that's cute. <laughs> I'm 6'6, 220 with a 7'3 wingspan. Let me just park your ass under the basket while I get a layup or get you up in the air so I can get an and one. You want to put a wing on me? I'm just going to run, dude. Was I'm it the four- cross them up? Was it the fourth quarter? I don't know if it came it across on TV as stark as it did in person. He was on the left side of the goal, kind of in the corner, had Mikhail freaking bridges on him. One dribble, second dribble, and then bam, there was a step that was just faster than lightning. Ran right, Mikhail's left in the dirt wondering what the hell happened. It looks a little dust cloud popped up in the air, like in the Looney Tunes. And then J Dub just lays it in and walks back on defense. And I was like, that change of pace, that explosion off that second step is the finish around the rim, dude. And then you mentioned it earlier. He missed. Pretty sure that's when I texted you. He missed a layup. Went over two guys, got the rebound, and just said "f you" and just went up and like jammed it. (laughs) I mean that shit that like a seven foot. 270 pound big man does. He's I, dumb. Uh, I, I should have looked this up, and I know we're he's, already he's getting love on the day. internet from Nikias Duncan from JJ Reddick, who hinted that Dub might be on Old Men in the Three Pod. Ooh. Um, that'd be fun. I think it was. I, I love Sam Vecini. I think Sam Vecini is one of the best at what he does. I heard Agreed. Sam Vecini, I forget at which podcast it was say that he thinks J-Dub is turning into like a high, high end role player. And my thought was, what the hell are you watching? Maybe this season in a nutshell. I'm watching a more fluid Jalen Brown. And I actually talked about this. I'm trying to remember who it was. I think, uh, I don't know. Who's the next? Is is J Dub the leading candidate for the next Thunder player to make an All Star game outside of Shea? When you got Giddy, we and haven't Chet. seen we haven't seen Chet, but yes, yes, from what we've the players we've seen, you put him above Giddy, one hundred and ten percent. Giddy's also been fantastic, but yes, you one hundred and ten percent do. That's what's so exciting about this. I was trying to look and see if I could find that highlight that you mentioned, and of course, I can't see what time it was. But my gosh, I mean. It's ridiculous. Uh, Shea can be out. Dub can take over. Giddy can be out. Dub can take over. Both of them can be in the game. Dub can run the second unit. He can play the and small ball five so when well they're all together. Each other too. That's the biggest The vision thing. and the passing between the three is absurd. And we can talk vision, about J-Dub for literally three hours. Let's press these vision. 
yeah. vision, right? Like, okay, so one player you mentioned there, Josh Giddy. That's somebody who we haven't gotten into. Again, not his best game of the season, but one of my favorites, Jacob. And the reason is for all the things we already have talked about. Shea had just another all-star game, right? J-Dub showed what he's capable of. A player like Lou Dort still able to score 24 points, and yet Giddy's handprints were all over this game. 15 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. It's not just the triple-double, though. 7-19 uh, from the floor. Obviously, would hope to see that improve over time. Uh, I think the 19 field goal attempts will probably go down a bit when a player like a uh, gosh, I just want to play a Chet Holmgren uh, comes into the mix next season. Regardless, just really, really impressed with what he did. Still has so much room to improve defensively, but what I love is his effort defensively that he's putting mm-hmm. in. I think that I, I think that coaches are recognizing that. Just a athletically, really fun Josh game. he's not a door or a dub athletically on defense, but when you watch him, he reads what's happening at a very high level and he just beats guys to the spots. He knows where they're going to cut, where they're going to drive, and he beats them there and uses his body is really impressive. Star, you know, he's bigger and that's leading to fouls right now, but eventually when he bulks up even just a tad more and also is able to utilize that size a little more effectively on the defensive end. I think it's going to translate to more, maybe not blocks, but just contested shots. And then again, like he's so great at rebounding defense rebounds. He's just able to grab the ball off the rim and go. And that's going to create so many transition points for this, for this thunder. He scraps on the boards too. He had a few offensive rebounds, which are really impressive. The, the thing that really just stuck out to me though, Taylor from Josh tonight, you can watch a lot of NBA guys get into a groove. And when they get into a groove, that typically means they're just unconscious. They're hitting shots from all over the floor. Josh does that, but with passing. And at the beginning of the fourth quarter tonight, he was on one. He and the Dario Saric pick and roll, three straight possessions, back to back to back. One, Josh took two dribbles with the left hand and then like scooped it underhand. The next one, he went right, went up in the air, brought it back down around and scooped it in. I mean, his ability to manipulate the defense with his passing, when he starts getting into, he starts feeling it, he gets into that zone, it's over. And I watched those three straight pick and roll possessions between him and Saric that were awesome. It led to, uh, actually, there's actually four possessions. Two Saric buckets. One Sarich offensive foul, which was cheap and not really an offensive foul. Um, it was the one where Sarich kind of like pushed off with his off yeah. arm. Oh, um, that was such a ter- not a that's good. The call. other thing, complete aside. And again, I tweeted this out specifically in the first half. Not an excuse for how the Thunder were playing, but fishing as a was complete bad. Complete aside, the fishing was terrible. Uh, the fourth sure. possession was uh, both guys went with the roll man, so Josh just shot a little midi pull up from the free throw line, and. I have then, to say, I have to say it because we say it every podcast, Taylor. I sat there and I thought, what if that pick and roll wasn't Dario Shit. What if it was seven foot one Chet Holmgren? Insane. Or an, it, you also have an improved six what six ten Usman Jang, like, and then whoever you pick up in the second draft, like you can just continue to imagine. Yeah, when teams can't tag down on Chet because you got Grady Dick in the corner. I love never mind. You know what? Never mind. Um, 
but also again, Josh Gay's game just ex- exclamation point was with about two two twelve left. Um, you get Shakeels Alexander driving, trying to. Uh, I'm looking at this right now. Very long celebration, which is the best part. Um, but Shay drives. I believe he goes right towards the right oh, yeah. elbow. Case off to Josh Giddy, wide open three. Giddy drains it. Giddy's pumped. Mark's pumped. You see a little Jay smile Will in the screaming at everybody. Jay Will screaming at everybody. Shay comes up and daps up duh, or japs up uh, Giddy. I mean, that's just as uh, this team's having fun while we're having fun watching them yes. and watching them grow. Garrett in the chat says, "Did we get dub from the Clippers pick?" Yes. Even better. Chef's kiss. Shay and Dub came from the from the Clippers. What a time. You think they regret it? What a time. Oh. Sam Sam Presti. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, to use your your analogy there, uh from what was it? The last post game, Sunday night's post game, Jacob. Uh when you tweet out your player of the game about rookie of the year, Paulo better be uh look if he's looking in the rear mini <laughs> rear view mirror. Uh objects may be Closer than they appear, and you tweet off the player of the game, Jadam. Well, the Clippers look in their rear view rear, rear, rear view mirror. View, there you go. Rear view mirror. Look in the rear view mirror. I sound like a Traber. I was thinking more Boomhauer from King of the Hill, but what's the difference? <laughs> exciting, exciting stuff. I mean, look, the last one here, I think we already have kind of, it just kind of sums all of these into one. Goonies never say die. We've talked a lot about this over the past couple of games. We actually have t shirts. Guys. <laughs> that is the Thunder. That is the Thunder. After a, I mean, this was a game of consequence, to use a term again that you used on your last post game, Jacob, Saturday night. Um, the Thunder now find themselves tied for eighth place in the West, right? They were tied for ninth, as we talked about, top of this podcast. Mm-hmm. They respond to an incredibly tough first half come out and win this game. Chase a little banged up, you know, even if it's not as bad as maybe as it seems, hopefully that's the case. Just it, and another player step up, right? They need somebody else to step up outside of Shea, uh, outside of um, Dub. They're in the first quarter at the first half. And then we see you know, Giddy do what he did. Like we talked about, we see Lou Dort step in the second half. And like you said, that may, that's without Poku. That's without it, which sounds kind of funny. But Poku will play, I think, a pretty important role for this team moving forward. Um, that's without Chet. JRE still not playing, which is interesting. Again, no more, no minutes for for Trey Man. Not a lot of specific things to say about the whole Goonies never say die thing that I have here. Just other than this Thunder continue, Thunder team continues to respond to adversity and, and do so at extremely high mature level yeah for such a young team it's impressive um just to touch on the standings before we get out of here taylor portland lost tonight to the knicks uh, i believe that puts them now three games out of Oof. the 11th spot um the you were thunder, talking about this with us Quick yeah aside. next week the thunder have four away games clippers clippers lakers trailblazers uh, the Blazers might be sitting Damon and Jeremy Grant and just going tank mode at that point. With Jeremy Grant potentially walking for nothing, and uh, the Blazers pick. can't trade a pick for like five years. They're they're cooked. They're Oof. done. Uh, what a horrible place to be in. Thunder at thirty four and thirty five. Uh, one game out of the seven seed Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, two games behind the six seeded Clippers. Two games behind the fifth seeded Golden State Warriors. Um, 
and then after that four is way too far out um to have any like legit chance of catching it um thunder have the clippers twice next week they have the lakers once next week uh this week they have the suns they go up to toronto thursday night for a chance to get at 500 shay's hometown you know he's fired up um should be a great one should be a really fun game taylor i think like tanking is is a thing of the thing past 110 percent pressy said again to refer back to pressy and the blue blue the blueprint that he's laid out for us um this thunder team has to clear themselves right and i think we're going to see that into the rest of the season and especially into next season so you know what like i think Jacob is weird mentioned- though the 538 still projects the pelicans uh, to finish over I, okc but 538 when have they ever gotten anything wrong <laughs> 2016 certainly, didn't really certainly happen. not presidential elections but yep there it is perfect uh <laughs> so look like jacob mentioned some huge games coming up we actually tweeted this out it might have been jacob jacob this might have been you who tweeted this out from the account um but a huge stretch of games for the thunder moving forward as they have a big west coast trip and that essentially could define how the season plays out the good news for us thunder fans is and I hate this term, but it's all gravy. It really is, because regardless of the outcome, the Thunder find themselves in a very good position moving forward, especially after a game like tonight, especially the way the Thunder are, uh, are are ending this season. But moving forward, let's see. Thursday we're at the Raptors, like Jacob mentioned. Sunday we're against the Suns. We will have a group podcast for you all after that Suns game. Uh, Kevin Durant may be back. We'll see. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, but then we go on that brutal stretch West Coast trip at the Clippers. Uh, Tuesday, March 21st. Two days later at the Clippers. Then at the Lakers. I guess, I mean, the only good thing is you're just staying in L.A. the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no long travel. As the team doesn't go out and parties like uh, John Morant. Shit, half of them aren't old enough to get into the club. I mean, if you have that kind of money, it doesn't really matter. But we don't have John Moran on this team. We have SGA. So, <laughs> so Taylor, the next five at Raptors versus Suns at Clippers at Clippers at Lakers. Ugh. Where do they go on that five? Where do they? Ugh. What do they go? That's and what five. do they need to do so to really stay in contention? I am so worried. I didn't even mention this earlier. I'm so worried about it. that 500 mark. This Thunder team just seems like allergic to unconsciously. And I I worry that they're going to go into the Raptors on Thursday or at the Raptors uh, in Toronto on Thursday and lose that game. Suns at home. I don't know why that feels like another like really big win like this one against the, the Brooklyn Nets. But that, Suns are struggling. West row, row, yeah. And that's also a great point. Probably no KD. But then that West road trip, I mean, like you said, that 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 will probably define whether they end up um, predominantly in the, in the play-in or a lot of pick, which is fine. So I don't know. You, you want to go through uh, all of them? I, I almost feel like lotto picks kind of out of the question at this point. I love it. Those, love those it. next five, I, I Raptors, that. Raptors, Suns, Clips, Clips, Lakers, two and three. Yeah, I was going to three say and two, two and if three. you're lucky. Because after that, you got Blazers, Hornets, Pistons, Pacers. Pacers. That's four wins. 
And, and then you finish with Suns, Warriors, Jazz, Grizz. So you can almost divide the season into three sections. This, these next five are tough. Then you have four really easy ones. And then you have four moderately tough ones to end the year. Just that's to ramp up for the play. Five, four, four. That's what, 13 games? Just a quick glance here. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven and six, eight and five. That's about where I got them. Seven and six, 41 and 41. I think that is, that feels very spot on. It really does. But like Jacob mentioned, a lot of fun, fun games coming up, really important games coming up. The Uncontested, here at the Uncontested, we'll have you covered for them all. We greatly appreciate all of you jumping into the chat. We... Shout out to the d- degenerates. We love you guys. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going If you're not a degenerate minutes. yet, I highly encourage you to join. Not even going to be able to go through all the all the comments tonight. Uh, but we greatly appreciate all of you commenting. I tried to put some up on the screen here a little bit ago. All that being said, regardless regardless of where the Thunder end up, the test will have you covered for it all. So continue to tune in. Thank you all again for tuning in tonight. And until Thursday night, I guess the Raptors. Thunder up.